tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, I'm Johnny Manganello, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV. This is the after show for season two, episode two of American Crime. Oh man, I have a beautiful panel with me today. We yeah, have a full do. panel today. If you watched last week, I wasn't here, and Nick wasn't I here. I wasn't here either. But we're here now. And we're happy to be here. Yes, How was are. it? Holding down the floor yeah. last week, you, you, you know, guys. It, it was a little scary without the other two I get that. very oh, important on. people in our lives. No, I'm sure you were just fine. <laughs> that Erica and the, the Ericas are here. It's the Erica show. Why don't we start with our first Erica down there? Hi, I'm Erica J. Green. You can find me on Twitter at Erica J. Green. All of that Facebook. What's up, guys? I'm Nicholas Grubb. You can follow me at Nicholas Grubb at Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, too. I'm Erica Renee Davis. You can find me on Snapchat, Periscope, Instagram, and Twitter at Erica Renee D. And once again, I'm Johnny Manganello. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Johnny Mangs. <laughs> what a dramatic what? effect. Yeah. And Twitter. Yes. That's my news reporter voice. <laughs> I like it. That's really good, actually. Um, you guys, we have so much to talk about today. Yes, don't we, we do. Don't we say that every week, no, though? We do. But it's true for this yeah, week for as well. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to be back. American Crime is one of my favorite new shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in its second season. This season I am loving because it feels very different and very similar than last season in many ways. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Oh, you do? Yeah. I just said the most general thing ever, <laughs> no, so but I, I really have actually that. Like, thought about that before. Like, the way it's filmed and the style feels yeah. the same, but it's such a different story and seeing all these characters play totally such yeah. different roles than we saw them in season one. I completely agree. Do you want to start with this? Yeah. A more general topic? Maybe how this season compares to last season, I think, might be an interesting point of discussion. Yeah, okay. we did that a lot, too. But there was, are some people that commented that they haven't watched the full season one yet. Well, oh, okay. Well, well, y'all have some work to do. First of all, that's fine, because it's not like we're spoiling anything. Okay. True, we're not And also, you can it. always go back. It's on Hulu. It's well, on ABC.com. Well, yeah, and, and because <laughs> it's a completely different storyline, people out there who haven't watched American Crime season one, no, we're not spoiling it for you, but come on, we're going to make references to it yeah. and so yeah. spoiler alert here's your general spoiler alert mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about season one sometime so yes. I think there's going to be natural comparisons simply because this show deals with so many different themes but it seems like this this year and last year uh, they're going to have some theme, themes that overlap and then yeah. bring up some new themes which I think is great too like for example this season is focused on rape allegations yeah. which yeah. we didn't really get last season last year no. was a murder was a drug deal was things like that and I think it was a, um, rape too 
There's like a let, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there ammunition. was a rape last year, too, yeah. Sure, I, uh, I should specify. It wasn't like the, the central yeah. theme yeah. of last yeah. season. Yeah. And I think that this is a really, just like last year, felt so timely with Ferguson, with you yeah. know, things like it's that. It's crazy, actually. It we talked about how last week, um, well, in December, mm. if you guys out there were watching last week, you heard us talk about it, but there's a, a high school in Tennessee, a high school basketball team mm. in Tennessee, men's basketball team, and they are going through the a very similar situation where the high school varsity boys initiated a younger boy and raped him with a pull stick. Mm-hmm. This happened four weeks ago mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Yeah. They raped him with a pull stick. The boy had to have surgery. He had some internal um, organ damage. So it's so ironic because this is happening right mm-hmm. now. And right. this was filmed months and right. months ago. So like, why, why are kids why are kids mm-hmm. even thinking that? I can't even. But I can't. I, I think just like last season, it speaks to John Ridley and everybody who creates the show's ability to capture American culture. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is a sign of the times. And yeah. I'm glad that something m- mirrors, s- some form of art mirrors what's going on in the world right now. You know what I have to say, though, I, which I think is crazy and is a testament to what this show does. Mm-hmm. They shine light on things that we've seen other shows represent or talk about in these, but I feel like it's just so much more real yeah, and gritty in the way they do it. And I don't even know exactly how or why. I don't know if it's the writing, the acting, or just everything that comes together. But even the first season, each topic they hit, like, I, I watch it almost as like a documentary yeah, in a way that I, I feel these people are really dealing with these things. I don't know why. Do you guys get that same feeling? Yeah, I think me and Eric talked about last um, week about how they showed they showed it, they showed it in a different light. Like they were talking about the rape, but from a male aspect. And mm-hmm. I liked how Taylor's mom brought it up. She was like, "This is not uncommon. It's something that's going on, yeah. but they don't show that much light." Because when you say a male, they started off the episode with um, her talking to the police officer, and they're mm-hmm. like, "A male? Oh, okay." Everyone got uncomfortable. Are you sure he got raped? Are you sure he didn't put himself right. in that situation? Yep. And how people really view males being in that type of situation, being rape victims. So I think that is going to be a central theme. Throughout the second season, if I had to place a guess, yeah. because yeah, the, the end of this episode specifically dealt with that. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, and it seems like that might you know go into like gender roles, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about gender this mm-hmm. season as well, mm-hmm. maybe more than we did last year. I do want to let's start with that because I think okay. that's a good jumping off point. Um, we have Taylor and his mom Anne, mm-hmm. right? I know at the beginning of every season <laughs> we got to get all these like, oh, yeah. Yeah, billions of names again. right, yeah. Um, Taylor, yeah. but Taylor is the son, and Anne is his obviously concerned mother. Yeah. Um, we start out uh, this episode with Taylor not wanting to talk to the police and mm-hmm. Anne saying, I want you to talk to my, or I, I want to talk to the police and the police say, well, I want to talk to your son. They, yeah. and he, she says, yeah. he won't well, talk he to you. want to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting that he's refusing to talk about it. Someone did bring up an interesting point on the YouTube and in questions. They said, well, why are we assuming that he's a victim? Mm-hmm. Like, how how come we're not assuming that he, you know, in the beginning he was texting the guy? We yeah, know, that's what there because, we, because, you yeah. know, that's downplaying the victim's mm-hmm. part. So, yeah. So, someone we, we mentioned that last week because he very, like, last last season we were given all these facts and we were never really shown who who done it right yeah. we had to draw our own, our own conclusions right. um but and as far as you were saying Johnny he he didn't want to go to the police I understand that. I mean, I'm empathetic towards that. Yes. I mean, I've never been a, a victim of sexual assault, but I can only imagine the shame or 
let me let me take a step back. I've never been put in a situation where someone thought I was the victim of right. sexual assault because he might not be the victim like we just said. Sure. So I can understand why he wouldn't want to go to the police. He's a boy. He's a, a going through puberty. He's in high school. He probably wants to be popular. He has a girlfriend. Maybe he has a boyfriend too. He doesn't want his life, you know, exposed. He doesn't want to have character assassination. So mm-hmm. I get it why he wanted to keep I, his mouth quiet. It's like a, it's for him. And, and I think it's interesting what you said is, okay, is him being quiet a, a, a sign of maybe there's a deeper story or is it that just that he doesn't want or mm-hmm. feel comfortable with and that's what I thought was interesting with when she was talking to her therapist when he was like well maybe he doesn't need to talk right now like, mm-hmm. maybe you should take it and I didn't even think about it I'm like okay this happened then yeah go to the police like let's get it done let's figure it out and then I'm like oh wait like should you be waiting for him to process it or what is the mm-hmm. you know protocol if there is a protocol in the right way to handle something like this it, that's interesting because it brought up a question to me is she doing the right thing as mm-hmm. a mother because he's asking her I, he's clearly saying I don't want to be part of this I, want, I don't want this to be drugged in the light she's going to the media now so I, I had oh, a thought yeah. to myself like yeah. what is he going to go through and as a high schooler you know that was our world when you're in school yeah. that's like so much to you that's your whole thing. world yeah. right there exactly. so that can like pretty much destroy him more oh, than yeah. this this is over now. Mm-hmm. So is she doing the right thing as a mother? And I know as a mother, all we're concerned about is doing the right thing for our children. Mm. Like, I have to go to the police. This happened to my son. You know? So that's what my... In my head, I was like, I wonder what viewers are thinking. Is she doing the right thing by pressing it? Pressing Although, it, pressing it. I don't know. I think her as a mother, but even in the first season, we see that sometimes these characters aren't doing things necessarily for that specific, yeah. but for the broad... Is she doing this... You know, and I don't think she's even aware yet, but is she doing this not only mm-hmm. to help her son, but to, like, shine light and yeah. show... I mean, she clearly, I think, has some resentment on this school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't definitely. feel like they belong fully, and I think that could be something that's going to come up, is why? What are her intentions? And we dealt with that last season, too. Yeah, you know? and even if her going to the media is a little bit, um, I guess, exaggerated of a move... Mm-hmm. Because we live in a social media world now, I can appreciate her going to the media first so she can spin the story as she needs it. Because the social, the pictures are out there, the Snapchats, whatever. No, a Snapchat, I don't know if you know, this is what they use, but whatever. <laughs> the social media um, pictures are already out there. Yeah. So why not go to the media as a concerned mom and say, look, I'm going to tell my version of the story. I'm going to tell my son's version of the story in the hopes that we can get some real facts versus reading it on Twitter. But that's the thing, Erica. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have all the facts. So what if the more of the story that comes out is negative towards her son? Yes. This could crush yeah. okay. him. Yes. You know, suicide rates are high in high schools, especially with stuff going on like that this? pertains. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's interesting because similar to last season... Sorry, I'm going to do it. I, that's how I do it. <laughs> it's season two, not season one. Uh, similar to last season, we have a strong female character mm-hmm. feeling v- victimized um, and going to the press. Last mm-hmm. season, Felicity Huffman's character did that. Mm-hmm. Barb did that. And I was sort of watching, like, don't do, stop, yeah. don't do this. This season, I'm on the side of Anne. I'm saying, honestly, go. No, you aren't. You go. both think go and to let the me press. Tell you why. why not? Let me tell you I why. Let me tell you why. why. I'm, I'm, I have reservations about what I'm about to say. <laughs> First of all, Taylor obviously doesn't want to speak, and I think right. it's the victim's prerogative. So in that sense, no, I don't think his mom should go to the press. However, I do understand that as a parent, you have to make difficult decisions sometimes. And sometimes your child doesn't agree with your decision, but sometimes the parent 
knows best. And I think, I don't know if Anne is right, but I think Anne thinks she is right, yeah. so I appreciate the conviction. I don't know. I can at least appreciate her taking care of her son. Whereas last year we had Barb going to the press and it seemed more about Barb's issues. Okay. Barb yeah. made it about her. Whereas I truly believe Anne at least has the right motives. Okay. I, I agree to that to an extent, but when she talked to the reporter and when she said, please don't put his name in there, I'm saying, okay, I'm with you right yeah. here. And when the lady said, you understand, it's going to be very easy to track this back. True. And she said, yes, that's fine. Let's move with it. I get you're a parent. You have to make difficult decisions. But that decision is going to affect your child far too much, I think, mm. for you to... That's, I think that's, she overstepped at see, that point. I, and maybe, yeah. I, I, I would rather it be in the paper. I would rather go to Oprah or to, you know, some credible. And yeah. I'm, you know, and again, like you said, the media, the story that she tells the, the journalist might not even really be the, the factual right. story. But at least she can get ahead. At least she can spin it the way she needs to spin it to protect her child. And so, yes, everyone's going to trace it back to him. But they're going to trace it back to him anyway. Because I agree with you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's, oh. I'm interested. Yeah. No, the only thing I that. wanted to say about that, the reason why that triggered something for me, because there's a common theme with everyone who's speaking to her about this situation. They're like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Every single person she has came across that's um, talked to her about what's going on with her yeah. son has said, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? And she's yeah. hesitant. And if you're hesitant, Wait. Yeah, why? Like, you like, examine. Like, you're not in a rush. Mm. This is something that's could you know is going to affect your um son's life. So not, why not wait? You know? And and they have already done the rape kit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just yeah yeah we we have that we have what we need done in terms of like time sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe let Taylor have a moment before yeah. it's taken to the press. Did you realize how the the contrast of how it was filmed when she's talking to the reporter compared to when she was talking to the detective and the nurse who was doing their mm-hmm. they never no, showed what, how, they, never, they showed. never showed the face a clear hold shot of them talking, whether it was the nurse doing the rape kit or the detective is always sort of just like a vague figure, which I think to me I'm like, okay, that conveys how there's not really that connection there. Okay. It's very process-oriented. And then she goes and talks to the reporter, and it's a clear shot of mm-hmm. this lady, ready to listen, ready to have a relationship. Really and I was like, I wonder if that is significant on their relationship, on how, if someone goes to the cops, how they feel. Like, cold, they don't care. You're passed on to the reporting officer, the detective, the mm-hmm. nurse. Well, is no one going to take point? Is no one going to have some sort of... That would piss me off yeah. in the situation. I also want... That's a really interesting point. Um, but we're going to move on. <laughs> No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's yeah. that, and I yeah, think no, you're yeah, right about that. Uh, I think they do a good job of mm-hmm. that thematic filming all the time in, mm-hmm. in this show. So I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't noticed Thank that. You so much. Now that being said, shut sweet. up. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Taylor confronts e- Evie. Is that the girlfriend's oh, his name? Girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, about talking to his yeah. About mom. why she showed his mom the pictures, and I thought that was interesting. Evie is like the important character in my mind. I want to hear more about what she has to say, and she's on like very little of the episode. Yeah. I think she's, yeah. she's going to unfold later. I think so too, and I like her because she goes to Thurgood Marshall High School. So, just you know, generally speaking, we can already see that that's the um, the the underfunded yep. school. Yep. And just to put it frank, it's an underfunded school. Yeah. It's that's not the public school, it's right? A public that's school. A, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
just based off of stereotypes, I think Evie has had a, had a rougher life. We saw her mom, her dad. We saw her living situation. So she probably has a lot more street sense than does Taylor. So I'm interested in seeing her perspective and seeing basically how she coaches him into handling whatever it is that happened because she's she's probably the character who's you know from the hood more or less. You know, mm. I'm surprised. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no, you go ahead. I'm surprised. So I agree 100. percent And she, to our knowledge, was at this party. Mm -hmm. So because of what you said and that she's at this party, I'm wondering, like, well, why wouldn't she have stepped in a sooner? I understand you're away from your friend or this and that, but if you have that knowledge of what's going on and what's happening, I'm just, I think we're really, you know, was she really there? Was she, I don't know. I think we're going to learn. She's really going to help us put pieces together. I think it's the interesting interesting dynamic that she has with Taylor. I don't see them as boyfriend and girlfriend. I think that's his best kiss that covers up for him, who's constantly doing that. She had to come up off the pictures, pretty much, because the mom was sexing her and her about it, but I think she's just the person that's really covering up for Taylor, covering up whatever Taylor's side of the story is definitely going to unfold, and we're going to see that he may not be, and I'm going to say may not be so much as a victim as we think he might. Well, there's no way they're going to have a full season where Taylor is the golden child who's just the victim. There's going to be shades of gray here, and I'm excited for that. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but just like last season, there were times when I sided with every single character, even the people I thought yeah. We're totally bad uh-huh. at the beginning, and the people I thought were totally good at the begin, uh, beginning. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the the victim window a little bit more, mm-hmm. just because the, uh, um, I know I mentioned it earlier, but let's just to make sure we cover all our bases here. Um, the victim's window is when the victim is ready to speak, mm-hmm. the victim can speak. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that Taylor should speak up now, or do you think it's his prerogative to wait? I think it would be more helpful to the situation if his goal was to, you know, see who's accountable for this and and have them really go, you know, get what they should if they yeah. did this to him. If he doesn't speak, I understand he ha- it's his story, it's his truth, it's whatever happened. He can do that when he wants, but definitely if his goal is to have these people that did this to him, you know, get justice for what happened, the sooner the better. Before, even like she, when she said, do you have the clothes that happened? And no, they had already, she thinks, maybe wash them, maybe they have them. The rape kit, will it help them at this point? It's been so late. I think mm-hmm. all the things, time really does affect it. Well, I, I don't know on that one. I think, I mean, we see in the news right now what um, Bill Cosby's mm-hmm, going through. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak up immediately. Now there's so many conflicting stories that yeah. are going around. Mm-hmm. We don't know the truth from the facts yeah. and the lies. So I think when you don't speak up, and I'm not saying that this is something you have to do as a victim, but let's take a step back. As society, we're going to look at you and think you're guilty. Mm-hmm. And that's just the facts of it. Yeah. If he doesn't yeah. speak up, he's going to look like he has something to hide. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because... I don't want a victim blame. And I, I'm going to yeah. have to be careful of this all season long because it's easy to say, Taylor, like, just like talk. This is yeah. important. Just mm-hmm. say something. Mm-hmm. But, I think that's how his mom feels too with that. Yeah. Same exact thing. I think that's the normal response. But isn't that victim blaming? Isn't that, isn't that saying, hey, this horrible thing that happened to you, I know they call you white trash. I know they pick on you. I know you're the odd man out. Oh, but now you have a responsibility to be the bigger person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even I don't look at it as him needing to be the bigger person. I look at it as just having communication so that later down the road, let's say he doesn't let's say he wants to in 7 years before the statute of limitations expires, he wants to press charges. If that's even how it works, right. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But let's say he wants to wait 5 or 6 years before he actually pursues a legal case against, case against these people. 
at least he would have given his statement within a timely manner mm-hmm. so that there won't be any um, confusion or ambiguity mm-hmm. about whether or not what happened happened or didn't happen. So you can press charge, you can, you know, pursue the legal case whenever you want to, but I think you have to, you have to, you have to talk, you have to tell the facts as soon as you remember them so they can be clear mm-hmm. and not be convoluted by, by the process of time passing by. But isn't it going to make a difference? Is it is it going to make a difference if he was passed out cold when all this stuff happened? If he tells yes. it today or tomorrow? Why? Oh, if he tells it today or tomorrow? If he tells it yes, now or later. Yes, because I think they're going to see, like you said, his silence as guilt well, or anything he now suddenly comes up with. They're going to assume, well, why didn't you tell us that then? I think we all have an mm. assumption that you, if something was wrong, you tell it then. And if you don't tell it then, then maybe you made it up. Maybe you had that time to think about it, yeah. and this is now a lie. I think that's going to be pressed upon him from the police. I think we're already seeing that. Mm. And even if the truth was the truth, that he was sexually assaulted, if the longer he waits, it, it doesn't. this is human nature. We start to forget things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We start to forget details. We that's start to true. forget relevant things, even if, especially in a time of like something that is so dire and severe that happens to us. We're, we're going to forget. We're going to shut those memories out. So he should have gotten it out like immediately if that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to why is he not speaking? Because I think he doesn't think it's important enough to destroy his reputation at school. See, I think he, I think he knows it's important. I, I think, I think, I think he knows it's important to speak. But I just think he's choosing not to because of something that we haven't been shown. Yeah, yet. I cover think, up for the boys. That's what I think. I think he has a deeper. I don't want to say alliance, but I think yeah. he has a deeper relationship with someone who may get yes. hurt in this mm. or something. I think that I don't think it's just him <sighs> saying this is a big event. I'm not ready to speak. Yeah, I agree, but I don't necessarily think that the reason he's not speaking is because he's not guilty. Well, I didn't say he's. Part. Yeah, okay. I don't think they, he needs to, I think he just needs to go ahead and talk. Yeah. I, guilty or not, I think oh, he needs to. Totally, oh. I agree. I, I want, like I said earlier, I want him to speak, yeah. but I also don't want to victim blame him if he doesn't want to speak. I don't know. It's what it's you, tough for me. It's funny what you not funny, but it's it makes sense what you said is when she talks to the press, the loudest voice. I feel like the first voice and the loudest voice society tends mm-hmm. to get with and get behind, mm-hmm. even if it's not a true story. Yeah. If that's the first one you hear and you see them the loudest every day. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. A couple months later, someone else confront you. Like, no, yeah. well, come on. Like, we see that. <laughs> and we know how important it's trial by press is. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I think anyone knows that, even mm-hmm. if you're informed, if you're not informed. Yeah, but, it's tough. Yeah. It's a difficult situation here. Um, and I'm really interested in see into seeing how this plays out. Uh, I want to put a pin in the Taylor and the Anne Great. part of the episode and move over to Leslie, Felicity Huffman's character. Uh, <laughs> th- she is all sorts <laughs> yes. of interesting. There's she a is. lot to unpack here with mm-hmm. this character. And in my mind, she is playing another Amazing. delicious, like, yes, mm. almost like, I, you know what? I don't want to label her behavior yet. You can l- label her. Well, I think Felicity Huffman does a great job of playing these victims, these flawed victims. Or yeah. flawed, not victims, flawed villains. Oh, yeah, for say. sure. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's talk about her. What do you guys think of what's going on in her life? She seems really money hungry in mm-hmm. my mind. She seems like she's trying to play the play the game. She's a strategic she uh, is. dean I think, or school leader. I think to her, to her credit, I think how she got to where she is is by being strategic yeah. and by not being so empathetic. And I think she needs to make some hard choices. I mean, she is... This school is not just any other school. It's not even just any other private school from the numbers that I'm hearing of yeah. the fundry. It's a lot of money mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah. So to see that she's now worried about not only her reputation, the school's reputation, 
I think as bad as it sounds, if you're looking at a collegiate level, I think there's some people that really would approach a situation very similar to what... I I think on any high-level anything, whether it's politics or business, Mm -hmm. corporations, the president of a supermarket chain, I think that you have to step on people, and I think that you have to play dirty to get what you want. I really do believe that. I don't think that a Donald Trump or... uh, Anybody, I hate to say Donald Trump, but anybody, anybody who's achieved that much success in business and in finances hasn't done it by playing clean. Hey, you've done some stuff. You've done some stuff. And so, unfortunately, in her situation, the kids are going to be the pawns in her most recent game, her most recent game that sucks. But she's doing what she's always done. She's being strategic. She's using her sex appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, she's playing both sides of the fence, saying the right things enough so if the authorities come to her, she can say, well, I, I did say this. <laughs> I did take notes. Right. She's she checks covering. those boxes. Yeah, she's she knows what butt. she's doing. She tells Dan, the coach, uh, Timothy Hutton's character, that he needs to suspend yeah. one of the one captains. Player. And the reason why <laughs> she chooses uh, Eric as opposed to <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. is that Kevin's parents... Donate money, I guess. And, and like, yeah. she doesn't want to mess with me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I understand what you're that's, saying. That's real life, though. Right. That's exactly it. That's, that's real life. We're talking, about, but we're talking about rape. We're talking about students. We're talking about some messed up things here. I, and I don't know that it's, it's time it's to play wrong. the game. It's, it's definitely wrong, but don't think for a second that this is not happening. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I, I'm sure it happens I mean, all the time. Like, and, Penn State, yeah, yeah. exactly. Sam Dusky, he was raping little boys for twenty five years. Right. He had and- a like a setup situation for people who were abused mm-hmm. to take in, so he had like easy pickings of people. Oh, who were yeah, God, I didn't even know. And and I'm and did you guys see Spotlight? No, no not yet. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great film. Um, it's about child molestation mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church. And mm-hmm. listen, I get it. In institutions have to do what's best for them, but. What's best for you is not destroying the lives of the people who make up the institution. I I just wanted to say, I think in her mind is justified because she's thinking, I'm thinking of the bigger picture. I'm thinking this one kid, this one kind of not as um, rich, not as rich as the other kids. He's not as important as these other kids. We need to look out for the basketball team. We need to look out for the kids whose whose parents are bringing in all the money. I think Mm -hmm. that's what she's thinking in her mind. Oh, well, I'm doing what's right for the school. Imagine if Kevin claimed that he was raped. And first of all, mm. um, Taylor has still not ta- spoken to Leslie. Am I correct? Yes, correct. Right, you're right. So he has not filed a formal comp- uh, complaint. Mm-hmm. So maybe things would be different if Taylor had talked to to Felicity Huffman's character. But it seems like Leslie is not taking things seriously. She keeps calling it an incident. She keeps yeah. saying like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and then it will all go away. And I'm sorry, but that if you are running a school, I think you yeah. really need to be more delicate with issues like this. I think that, I don't know if she's not taking it seriously, but it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever been around someone and they, they get a cut on their head and you're like, no, it's not bad. Like, you're okay. You don't want them to freak mm. out. You don't mm-hmm. want... And, and I think that's what she's scared of. I think she always has her eyes a year, two mm-hmm. years, three years mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's where her, prior, her priority... 
I you could say I would never believe if she was telling me her priority is the kids. No. no. Her priority is her job, her school, and the reputation. So in her mind, she's acting appropriately. Yeah. She doesn't want the word rape to get thrown out. She doesn't yeah. want the basketball, which might be a great draw for the school because yep. of this team. And I think all of that, she could lose her job. She could, mm. And she's worried about number one. And I think that is sad in, in and, life. That's what people are dealing with. And as a woman, I mean, Felicity Huffman, as a, as a woman, she she should be more empathetic towards when rape, the word rape is being thrown around. But again, like you said, Nick, she's not because her her concerns are not the students. And again, I think we see that in major corporations, big mm-hmm. wigs, heads of, you know, state, whatever, all the time. I, I think it happens every single day. It's not about let me take care of the poor or the underprivileged or the underserved. It's like, let me take care of the people who are funding my operation. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, um, it ain't Taylor. Yeah, it's not Taylor and it's not the other boy they were going to pin the rape on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Erica, do you think also with you saying that it, it raised an interesting question for me. Do you think she's also being that cool head, level head and handling business the way that she is because she is a woman? She has to show mm. that she has to be stronger oh, that's than the males that are around her. There are a lot of males that answer to her and she answers to maybe a higher boss that might be male so she's trying to show that, hey, I can be the strong woman in this authority figure mm-hmm. and this is how I'm handling it with a cool mm. head and not you know, getting all worked up over and not getting this other parent worked up over. You mm-hmm. know, I, I find it inter- very interesting the way she's handling it. She she just always is like we're laid back about it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Do you think if handle? this character was played by a man and this character was a man, a male character, they would this character would approach the situation differently? Oh, I, I, def- I think that's definitely. I, I, we so? talked about having a, a a woman president. Would things be mm-hmm. handled differently? I think we have to look at it from that way. Everyone sure, is a yeah. different person too. Yeah. And then you add in gender and race or whatever how they were brought up and all those play. It plays into how you're going to handle things, how you mm-hmm. handle your business, just like any of us. Right. So I think definitely it would come into play if it was a man handling the situation, how he handles the coach and how he's handling yeah. the other parents and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. Um, what did I want to say about this? Uh, oh, another comparison to last season. Uh, Felicity Huffman plays these characters who feel victimized, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Even though they're in... To, in my mind, positions of power. So, like, last season she was talking all about how, like, people are mean to white people and how white people get the Mm. short end of the stick because, you know, reverse racism is this huge problem, blah, 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 blah. This season she's complaining to her husband about how people don't like rich kids. (laughs) Yeah, what was the... I wrote down the quote. I wrote down, too. If your kids come from means, you're not supposed to care about them or right. something like that. Yeah. That's what she was saying. If you brush your teeth for five minutes, five whole We long... want to talk about... We, I mean, if you want to have that conversation, fine. Let's have that conversation. But I'm sorry. Like, people do not not care about rich kids. <laughs> well, okay, let... I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate, please, okay? Please. So there, so in the the superintendent board meeting with um the the the, the Thurgood Marshall School, someone also said no one cares about these kids because they're poor. Yeah. And then Felicity Huffman says on you know the other side, no one cares about these kids because they're rich. For to support um Felicity Huffman's character's statement. I kind of see that. I kind of see that um, middle class people look at um, rich people as being so privileged that I don't have to help you because your daddy's going to pay for you. Mm. You know, I don't have to help you with your essay to get into college because your, you know, mom is a is a legacy at mm-hmm. Yale, sure, whatever. Sure, sure. So 
I think that while rich kids do have an easier road because they have the money and the resources to mm-hmm. succeed already, mm-hmm. they might not have some of the one-on-one authentic guidance that every 17-year-old needs and mm-hmm. deserves because someone middle class somewhere is thinking, oh, they don't need my help. They, I, they'll be fine. I get that. And I'm so glad you're playing devil's advocate here. But I think, uh, it, it, I don't know, it's... It struck me as strange that instead of staying up and complaining to her husband about, oh, man, what if this kid was raped? Mm -hmm. She's Uh staying up and saying, oh, man, people hate rich kids. (laughs) It just seems like the priorities are a little out of whack. And maybe that's unfair of me. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that that's not something behind closed doors in every family, no matter what status they are, that they go to these stereotypes. I mean, in my experience in life, whether with my family, other families, people use stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if it's the poor talking about the rich, the rich talking about the poor, I think that's sadly in our human nature to say, oh, we're not treated. Oh, can you believe that? Of yep. course. And and I am surprised as a viewer being like, oh, like so open and honest. Then again, I'm like, I don't know, behind closed doors, am I surprised that's what she's talking about? That's her psyche. She doesn't want to deal with the rape. She wants to put it like that and try to like close it up. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. Let's talk about another school uh, official or a a, a teacher, a coach, Timothy Hutton's character named Dan. Dan, yeah, that's Dan. What's going on with his daughter? Because Mm. this is a plot point that I'm I'm interested to see how it ties into the bigger picture. I immediately was. This what? Is, I, don't, I was just like not in it. I don't know. I feel like there's so much going on that I'm like they're walking around the drugstore talking about sex and she watches porn and it's giving the sex. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, it's not to me. It's not moving a story along at this point. Mm. I think the writers are very smart in the show, so yeah. it will. I don't think it's the type of show that has extra fluff. Right. So I don't. But at this point, I'm just like I don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me yet. I think. Many times we see her in, um, even on the screen is with him, the coach there having mm-hmm. a conversation with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. So I think it's to show us how he handles stuff. You see, when he had started going, having a conversation with her in the store, he's all started, well, um, let's have this conversation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he does it really awkwardly, mm-hmm. like he's not really in t- wanting to do this. And of course, yeah. lots of fathers don't want to sit down and have yeah. that talk with their daughters. But every time we do see her, I don't really know her point in this show right now. But <laughs> every time you. we That's see her, yeah. it's with him and right. their, their association and how he's dealing yeah. with her. But we can see so that there are budding themes of sexuality. Mm-hmm. There are. There. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. it it will tie in. I'm interested as to how, but yeah, right mm-hmm. now I'm yeah. a little lost. I would like to say that as far as Dan and... What's the daughter's name? Becca? Is it? Uh, as far as Dan and the daughter are concerned... From that conversation in the drugstore, the, my biggest takeaway was talk to your children about sex. Yeah. And I know that everyone's different. I know everyone parents differently. I don't have kids, but thankfully my parents were very open with my sister and me about sex and drugs from an early age. Uh, like, even in my household, I'm getting a little bit too graphic, but we didn't call, like, penises pee-pees. Like, we called it a penis. We didn't call vaginas cha-chas. We called them <laughs> vaginas. Cuts of the well, you yeah. missed yeah. out. <laughs> your family missed out. So, I, I'm like, looking at a 17 year old who you know who's talking about oh yeah I watch porn dad but okay so what that you watch porn I think this, <laughs> also this, like 
really? Did you need to say that to your dad? <laughs> you know Dad, I learned from porn. I watch it. all assume everybody watches <laughs> yeah. porn. Exactly. And that's fine if she watches porn. But to me, the biggest takeaway from the drugstore conversation was talk to your kids about sex. It's never too early to talk to your kids about sex. 17 mm-hmm. years old, when your daughter is twerking in front of the basketball bench. And you're recording school, it. You're recording. It's that like shady. Right now. At first, I was like, shady. What are you playing? In, in, it's been proven that children who and young adults who get a good, well-rounded sex education are less likely to have mistakes, have unwanted pregnancies, uh-huh. get STDs. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you get there. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah. and uh, she, you're like, I'm clean. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> clean STD. Uh, <laughs> and you heard it here. So I agree. Like, maybe this is a community in mid-America and I can say that because I'm from Mid-America. I'm not like an elite, like, I'm from L.A., Mid-America. I hate when people do that. But Mid-America. <laughs> I'm from L.A. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I, I get it. Like, maybe maybe this is a community that doesn't have an open sex What did you think about talk. Kevin and his mother? Was it, is it Terry, I think? Terry. Is and, so she was like, do you have yeah, sexual relations with this? So there's a lot of things that I can talk about with her, but just staying on this sex subject. And then she was like, well, what do you want me to call it? And she right. started to have this, I thought, honest mm-hmm. talk with him that they could joke and laugh because yeah. it doesn't always have to be let's talk about sex yeah. like yeah. really the conversation damn. was let's, She's like you let's bump in and grind in or something that's what I call it I guess. <laughs> and, and she also said, said things like girls are hoes who want your money yes I was like <laughs> yeah, whoa like that is harsh but that it's true yeah. okay, here we go wait before before I say true or not true I'm not gonna pick that sentence girls I think, are hoes who want your money some girls are hoes they want your money I think it's some guys are hoes you want your money. <laughs> I think everybody's looking for it, but I think it's important to see that Dang. this is why he to see that like behind the closed doors conversation. This is why Kevin is going to have a certain outlook on life is mm. because this is what he's being preached to. You know what I mean? And I think from everyone hearing how what's her name Becca's dad yeah, the co- Dan, 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 we yeah, see yeah. how each character no wonder everyone's gonna grow up like Leslie what were her parents preaching to her? You know what True. were they right. saying? I think that's really interesting on how we develop. Um how about Kevin's girlfriend being pissed off when she had to give the bracelet back? Yeah. Because it cost nine hundred dollars. That's crazy. And he's like, yeah. Mom, what's nine hundred dollars? I'm like, What's nine hundred dollars? Bro, really? Listen, I was Team Terry on that one. No yes. child of mine's gonna be spending nine hundred dollars to give anybody my anything. Money. And if you spend it, you are gonna go get that thing back. You're gonna oh, take it back. Was it his parents' money? Because I <laughs> yeah. thought maybe it was like no, sketchy it money. Like where did the money come from? His credit card yeah. that they gave him, of course. Yeah. Okay, and okay. of course you may know what is she giving you? for that $900 bracelet because exactly guys always expect something so I love how Terry is on point she is not holding back she's Mm -hmm. like this is what it is I'm telling I'm being truthful with you so you know what's up Mm-hmm. Go get that bracelet back. Ain't gonna be no nookie around here bringing babies home. My mom was the same way. You so know, I love it. Terry. Um, she also Terry's character has this sort of like race cis. I don't want to say racist, but a racially fueled run in um, at oh, the yeah. beginning oh, of the yeah, episode. The car, that, yeah. the car. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny to me. Just like last season, you have that undercurrent of a race, mm-hmm. but it's not just about race. It's yeah. about so many other things. So I love that it it weaves the theme of race in with all these other themes that they're getting at here. It's a really complex show in that way. And the, the whole the the theme of um, socioeconomic status is huge. Like for Terry to be able to go to 
the her office and call the police, the detective, to put in a phone oh, call yeah. mm-hmm. to say, watch out for this person whose name yeah. I don't even know. He's like, yeah, I want to watch out for Cam- you. Anything for you. Cameron's like, I'll do it. I'll give him a... And then he was like, yeah, maybe we'll give him a hard time or something. He said something in that <laughs> regards to like, really? Yeah. After the... Like, is it even worth a phone call? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I love, yeah. And I also love how how they noted how informed she was, how she took the video. Immediately took the video. Yeah. She knew she could use it mm-hmm. if anything came mm-hmm. from this situation. Mm-hmm. And as we saw in last season, that was a ongoing thing that yeah. if you're not informed, you can get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love how they showed that she immediately was like, okay, yeah. Scream. Uh-huh. What do you say? Like, people are doing with police officers these yeah. days. Yeah. They're taking the videos. You have to do it these days. Yeah. It's sad, but <laughs> you have to. Um... I want to jump now to Eric. Let me make mm-hmm. sure I'm getting that name right. Eric is the is the, the captain who yeah. is not Kevin. And yeah, he's the guy who's getting in trouble. Um, so Eric is an interesting character. And unlike last season, we have a gay character, which I think is kind of cool. Because last year I was like, are there going to be any gay characters? There was um, not. Yeah, no, there no. wasn't any. And he, he had a lot of interesting stuff going on. I want to talk about the first moment of the episode where we see him. It's obvious that his parents are divorced, mm-hmm. right? And he's being sort of passed off. The very, I was like, are they dealing drugs? Is he like backing up his mom on a drug? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was intentional. It felt very like... To feel exchange, yeah. not love. And Okay. Um, but then the dad says that he needs to start showering and cleaning himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, what is going on here? Do you guys have any, can make any sense of that? My first thought was, he was telling him, I haven't seen any girls around. Mm. So you need to start showering, Mm -hmm. smelling good, so you can can start dating. That's Mm -hmm. what he said. So I was like, that was the first indication to me, okay, this character might be um, gay. So that's why he said, didn't he say something like, or else you're never going to get anywhere or something in that regard. He's like, I don't want a girl, I can be stinking, have a guy. Okay, 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 yeah. It's like, no, I'm trying Showering, Here's my question. I'm showering and the boys are loving it. <laughs> I get that. It's like when I went home for Christmas, my mom's like, so where's your girlfriend? I'm like, well, she's not coming this year or any year because... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Where were we? Wait, wait, question about this. When Kevin and Eric, when they were outside that, having yeah. that conversation, do you guys get that there's a deeper knowledge of each other or oh, yeah. something going I'm like maybe I'm pressing that and I'm oh, just yeah. assuming it but it seemed like they both knew something thank you for bringing yeah. that up I think they are definitely hiding something okay do you think just they're having what? a sexual relationship that's with each other I maybe that's what I just cause like we're talking about it and it's there but I don't actually think that I think it's the easy target I think mm. maybe someone knows something about someone else someone's caught something mm-hmm. okay and do you guys oh. think I know it's maybe a little too early for this prediction but mm-hmm. do you think that Eric has done the if if anybody is sexually yeah I'm sorry I'm just trying to be really careful with just my words go yeah. for it. just go if, for if it if the rape happened yes. yeah do you think that Eric was involved in it because I, he seems ooh. pissed that he's the one getting suspended I think mm. that he and Taylor may have hooked up prior to the mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. The way the ta- in the very first episode, the way Taylor was like kind of looking at him, like all coy, yeah. you know, looking at his little phone, yeah. giving like the googly eyes on the court. I think they had been hooking up before. That's what I, th- I got that right away. So, and to even like even take it all the way there, like maybe they had had intercourse or maybe they had sex before mm-hmm. the party like some days before and maybe some of Eric's DNA is still in oh, Taylor's booty whoa I didn't even think of that so then his and that's why this dude <laughs> whoa Uh-oh. didn't think of that can you get different DNA from someone's booty 
No, battle fan. No, Siri, can you get two people's DNA from someone's video? I want to know. I want to know. How do you know if it's... There have been twins born with separate DNA strands. No, I don't believe that. No, it has happened, man. My girlfriend's an adoption lawyer. I know about it. Okay, I'm going to take the source and say, yeah, no No. So then you can. So they can get different DNA But remember how they were like, we need to get your DNA for your blood to narrow out like what's yours and what isn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they'll see what is different. But do you think it was when he was in the car with this dude and he's, I don't think he knows the dude yet, but and he was aggressively sort of starting to hook up and he's like, no, nah, I don't like it like yeah, that. Yeah. I thought that was a red flag to like, okay, if he doesn't like, I mean, it seemed like he doesn't like a forced whatever, I would mm. assume rough for lack of better. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, I'm like, does that track back to something where he has a bad experience with it? I don't or know. Been blamed I think to it? he's just, right now, he's just dealing with, you know, some confusion, but I I think he's being cautious because he's like, well, what if it gets out? You know, I can act like I wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think that might actually be part of what plays out in the story between Taylor, why Taylor was on the ground, why they were harassing him or whatever happened. Was he going to expose him if they did have a relationship since we did oh. bring that up? Was he about to expose him? So they were like, no, you're, they had to do shut him up, you know? Mm-hmm. So who knows? I'm very interested to see how the story unfolds. I also noticed that when they're about to start uh, riding in the car, mm-hmm. uh, Eric says, I'll beat the hell out of that mm-hmm. bitch, but I'm not going <laughs> to wreck it. I know. I, I heard that too. And I was like, that, that was very, that was like a, a very macho, misogynistic. Yeah. Like, that's what you hear, like, like dudes say. Yeah, like, I'm going to beat that bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like okay, Eric. Right. Okay. He says it a lot, it, though. <laughs> Eric's been saying bitch a lot in this show. He's been saying it. He uses over-exaggerates bitch a lot. Yeah, but but when he says, like, I'm going to beat the, I don't know. I, I Well, but I, I think, so first of all, that right there, I think, is sort of like, a symbol of the character. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. he will do this, but not that. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I will go this far, but not that far. Uh-huh. Isn't that what we were just talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, Like, I'll kiss, I'll do that, but no, I, we can't go further than that. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens yeah, with that. Yeah, we sure um, will. Uh, and I also <laughs> noticed that there were these bit. blackout cuts in the gay kissing scene. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, they came up, too, th- in other parts throughout the episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, also, oh, in this here. spot, and then when then there were no blackouts when they decided just to kiss, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. I love how the show is edited. I think the show is edited very, very strategically. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, And like what you mentioned earlier, they show some faces and not others. I think this editing is like, as soon as you think it's going to get like super sexual, they cut cut. away. Mm -hmm. But when we realize like, no, it's just going to stay here. It's going to stay like first base, second base. First base. I'm not really the second brushed base, up like, on my bases. That, I don't know. I think first is kissing, second is like breast. Groping. Groping. <laughs> Third, <laughs> Third is. Third is that. Got yeah, it. And the home is all the way home. Yeah, you go Anyway, home. we got to wrap this puppy up, you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I Bear with us. I remember the beginning of last season thinking, like, oop, we didn't get all oh, our yeah. stuff done. But you know what? That's just how it's going to work. This show yeah. is so rich and full, and I'd rather have a really fun show uh, than a really boring show. Agreed. Do we have any predictions before we go? Oh, predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. I, oh, me, oh okay. Yeah. I predict that next episode we are going to see Kevin's 
involvement with the rape slash party and I think that maybe the little girlfriend the little girlfriend that Terry doesn't like might know something that could either help or hurt Kevin Mm -hmm. I want to get more um, information out of Evie see Mm -hmm. what's up with that because she is the only person I can think of that's a definite witness so we'll see what happens with her I'm interested in that I'm going to make the prediction. I want to see a lot of stuff, but I'm going to say that my prediction would be at this moment, I'm excited to see how as more truth from everyone unfolds, as more kids tell their parents something, how the position will either change or not change no matter what they know. If they'll always say, my son is not guilty, whether they know he isn't or isn't, to see where people's alliance and allegiance is going to lead. I don't think much will change for some reason. Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I keep saying it, and I'm like, allegiance. Yeah. And the, the, the wife. Oh, they got an inside <gasps> joke. Oh, was in there. I, I saw like, her. Okay. My, we hosted allegiance. That's another story. <laughs> Sorry that we weren't invited to that party. <laughs> What's your prediction? My prediction or something I would like to see is Taylor speak up if it's the mm. truth. or I just want to hear him say something. Do you think I he will? Hear- Hopefully he yeah. will. I mean, he has to. Maybe not publicly, but he'll tell us yeah. the audience. I don't think he will. I don't think he has. I, we can't go I, back and I, forth I, with Well, I think he's going to be like the... Who, <laughs> We're angry. We're throwing back. Who was the character, the, the, the dead girl? The, the girl who was in a coma last year? Oh. Yes. I think he's going to be her that, this year. like a hidden gem to pop. Ne- ne- he's never going to say Gwen, anything. Right? Gwen, We're waiting Gwen. for Gwen to wake up. Gwen is not going to say anything. <laughs> we are waiting for Gwen to wake up. <laughs> While oh, we wait for true. Gwen to wake up, we want to keep the conversation going with you. I know we didn't talk about every single character. We can do that online. How mm. do we do that? Well, you can tweet at us or comment on our YouTube page. You can find me at Johnny Mangs on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, Erica Renee Davis, on Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, Snapchat at Erica Renee D. <laughs> at Nicholas Grava, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Erica J. Green at all social media. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for watching. Use the hashtag ABTV American, American Crime. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all later. See you guys. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.